0: How you guys doing? Doing all right? Yeah? You came again. This is week 37. Can you believe this? um, Danielle and I were meeting this week, actually, and getting ready for our one-year anniversary coming up in October in just a couple months. So it seems very surreal. And again, we want to say thank you for coming and participating, and you make Spark happen. You are Spark, so... Um, and we're still having a fantastic time. I hope you're enjoying this series. You keep using that word, but I do not think it means what you think it means. And uh, we've heard some wonderful conversations again surrounding uh, changes, some developments, new ways of thinking, new conversations that are being sparked. And we hope that this continues. Uh, one of the great things about Spark's ethic as a church is we don't claim that we have all of the answers to everything. We don't have the defini- de- definitions. We are not the owners of all things, capital T, truth in these things. And so we're on this journey of trying to ask some deep questions and to discover some more. And you guys have been phenomenal in that, um, some of the feedback that we've heard. So just keep it coming. I think it's just fantastic. Um, Today, we're going to start on the word spirit. So let's pray. Uh, Let me pray for our time together, and then we'll get right into the teaching. God, thank you for uh, being here, and we bless you tremendously for all good things. Um, May the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts truly be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now, the word spirit, if you do a quick Google search, comes up with all sorts of different things. I'm sure many of you are going to be familiar with a couple of these things. So, what happens when you say the word spirit? Or And this, by the way, if you're new or if you're trying to figure out where you are on this whole spiritual journey, um, these words for us are things that we're trying to understand, whether or not we are fully on board with this whole Jesus God thing or whether or not we're still trying to figure it out. So no matter what angle we're coming at it, we're trying to figure out together, what do these words mean? What are some new ways of thinking about that? so there's a Spirit 105.3 uh, FM radio. There is apparently a book and movie which I was not familiar. with. Does anybody familiar with this one? Okay, yes. Is it good? Is it very nice? Is it inspiring? Is it? Yeah. In, there is the word, and it's inspiring. It's uh, It puts a smile on your face. Oh yeah, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's freedom. It's all about freedom. Okay, spirit and freedom, the name of the horse, kind of a deal. Okay, Stallion of the Cimarron. Am I saying that right? Stallion of the Cimarron. Okay. Uh, This is my favorite uh, image of spirit, by the way, because for all the guys in the room who like to barbecue, or any gals in the room who like to barbecue, Weber has a spirit grill and a Genesis grill. I didn't know that they were so biblical. So if you wanted to pick up a new grill, you could pick up a spirit grill. Now, One of the things that I was thinking about when we were getting to this word, I was having a real challenge. All the other words, I kind of had ideas and I had thoughts and I had uh, really concepts that had formulated in my mind as a result of my journey and some of the conversations we had, you know, so Bible and Scripture and then church and Christian coming up that we're going to be talking about. But this word spirit really was a challenge for me. And I think one of the reasons why it was a challenge is because When we hear the word spirit, not only are there things like inspiring things that happen, but there's kind of, we're now starting to get into the spooky realm. We're starting to get into this realm of Halloween. We're starting to get in the realm of supernatural. We're starting to get into the world of Casper the Friendly Ghost. We're starting to move into this particular area. And so I think the word spirit for us is actually going to be one of the most challenging and difficult words for us. Now, one of the things that helps redeem that for me, however, is the place that I work at, King's Academy. Now, for those of you who don't know, I do have another job in addition to pastoring here at the, the most fantastic church that I have ever been a part of. This is really <laughs> awesome. I love Sparta. I really do. I, was, I, I talk about it every week. I talk about you guys every week. Um but I also have a job at the King's Academy, and at the King's Academy, I am the spiritual life director. Okay, so we have a couple people who (laughs) know what my job title is. Thank you very much. Uh, And that means that I oversee all sorts of programs and events that are involved in the spiritual life of the student. Now, there is All sorts of things that come with that and things that we're going to talk about today. But one of the things that I wanted to share with you, I have to share with you, is one of the greatest feelings that I got when I was just two months hired at this job. I got to see this. This is called Spirit Week at the King's Academy. What you're watching right now are sixth graders who have Performed, and who have exercised a coordinated dance together now, what you have to appreciate, notice the entire gym is full oh Maddie, are you in here? Yeah. Is this you okay so Maddie 's in this video somewhere, and Elias is in this video somewhere and so here they are what you ha- what you have to understand is that the entire school goes nuts for about a week. they do dress up, they do costume. this is called color day and on color day uh pixies are in pixies by the way are sixth grade we call them affectionately pixies you'll hear them cheer sophomores are in pink sevies or the seventh graders are in green Uh, the seniors are in blue and gold the school colors and one of the first experiences i had at the king's academy was spirit week and i got to see them do all of this kind of stuff and you just needed to soak it in they're so stinking cute and so discoordinated. It's, I love it. And then the boy's picking up look, watch. I can't pick you up, but just dance around, <laughs> just spin around. You know, we can't quite get there. And I, <laughs> poor Maddie, she's so embarrassed. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you? you're over here somewhere oh uh, over here somewhere okay okay there's Elias for those of you who know Elias now watch watch what Elias does here in a second watch him look at him go now when spirit week starts to happen I'll let you guys finish it's so much fun Notice the parents are lined up. The, the whole gym just explodes. <laughs> that's the beginning of what we call that's come on, give them a hand, the kids, the scares. Now, that's the beginning of what we call Spirit Week, and the whole gym goes crazy, the whole school goes crazy, and, and everybody dresses up. And so, I think that the word Spirit has this weird, paradoxical mix for me of spooky, Casper the Friendly ghost goblins, Halloween, but then a wonderful connotation, a wonderful definition of and liveliness ins- inspiration, really exciting, volume, level 10, level 11. I have to pass out earplugs to all of the teachers during Spirit Week so that they can come in and, and experience the whole thing. <laughs> so that to me makes this word even more complex and more difficult you have two, in my mind anyway, very opposing kinds of things and definitions. In the Christian tradition and in the Christian journey, for those of us who have gone to church and then who have bounced around uh, maybe of different uh, denominations, there's also the denomination or the kind of strain of Christianity that really embraces this idea of the Holy Spirit. And we would call those charismatics. And I know that we have a lot of people in our church who participate in charismatic expressions of church. And um, there's always, you know, you can always uh, find out about different um, denominations and things by telling jokes. For example, um, how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? Change? Change. How many televangelists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but in order for the light to stay on, please send in your donation right away. Um, How how many Amish does it take to change a light bulb? What's a light bulb? And then for the charismatics is how many charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? One, because their hands are already in the air. So that's the joke for the charismatics. Now, the word charismatic comes from the word charisma, which means extra favor or extra grace. In fact, if you know somebody named charis, I met somebody actually recently a couple years ago named charis from the Greek word for grace or the Greek word for favor. And in the charismatic movement, we have the idea or, or the concept and the experience that the spirit or, or the idea of the spirit or the, the, the understanding of the expression and the experience of the spirit is about hands in the air, uh, lots of um, emotional uh, connection. There's, a, there's an extra present. There's an extra grace there. And l- let me just say, while I'm, we're talking about this, we honor those expressions. We honor uh, the diversity of experiences. I personally um, have been on the edge of Charismatic, and then I floated around a little bit. So I've, I've experienced a lot of these different expressions. So with that, with the spookiness of Casper the Friendly Ghost, with the excitement of TKA Spirit Week and getting into the spirit of things, and then with the denomination of charismatics and the expressions of the spirit spirit, and maybe some more what we might call ecstatic expressions like the gifts of the spirit and those different types of things, we've got a challenge ahead of us. And I want to acknowledge that challenge, at least for me, in this series, because what this series is trying to do is ask the question, you keep using that word, Holy Spirit, or you keep using that word, filled by the Spirit, you keep using that phrase, do we really understand what it means? Complicate that with this. The word Spirit appears over 680 times in the Bible. Now, the Hebrew word for Spirit is ruach. Everybody say ruach ruach and the greek word is pneuma everybody say pneuma and yes in ancient greek you actually pronounce the p it got dropped off later on as we emerged now in english these both of these words get translated into our english as spirit or wind or breath and it has all sorts of depending upon how it's used in the context it has those uh, connotations has those meanings This is also where we get the word uh, pneumonia, and it's where we get the word aspiration. It's these kinds of ideas and understanding come from that. It's complicated yet again, and I'm sorry to throw so much at you at the beginning. It's complicated yet again because there's another word for spirit in the Greek, which is psuche, which is the word for soul, which is where we get the word psychology and psychic from. So the words that are used in the Bible and the words that we have that have come into our English language— in the definitions themselves, almost have this sense of there's something mystical, there's something very real uh, that is not material, it's not physical, it's not tangible, there's something else going on here. And we use all of these words and these pictures and these analogies to try to grasp at what is this thing called spirit. Complicate that even further by this. The Spirit is used in the Bible to mean a diverse set of things. The Spirit hovers over the waters in Genesis, so it's like this creative order. The Spirit is the breath of life in Genesis 7, where the the story of Noah. Uh, The Spirit is literally a wind, a literal wind, like the fans are blowing right now. Sometimes the spirit is call, uh, uh, in some ways an attitude or an ability, an attitude kind of like you're in the spirit of jealousy or you have an ability like the spirit of wisdom. Uh, in the story of Rahab, she talks about how the entire city has lost its spirit, but the word in, translated in the NIV is this word courage. Uh, In Judges, the Spirit is the literal presence of God. A spirit can be evil. It can be unclean. A spirit can literally be the breath or the essence of life, the the stuff that you breathe in and out of yourself. This goes on. um, We could go on. I mean, this just goes on. Uh, There's people that are filled with the Spirit. There's the spirit uh, as character. There's a Spirit as similar to will. There's a Spirit that represents the Father. Um, The Spirit conceives. And that kind of, again, pause for a second. When we think of a spirit, you will bear a child, and this child will be from the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit conceives. You can be baptized in the Spirit. So, Obviously tonight, we're not going to be able to cover all of these things, and that's your job for the rest of your life, and my life as well. That's part of what this series, again, is hoping to do, is to launch us into a direction. So, I think um, a lot of this is summed up in the phrase, the human spirit. Uh, What I mean by that in summing up the phrase, the human spirit is... We recognize that we are all humans. Hopefully, we all agree with that. Perhaps some parents might disagree with their offspring. But nonetheless, we recognize that we are all humans. And we recognize that part of what it means to be human, and part of what it means to have this experience of humanity, is to also experience the spiritual, to experience something in addition to our physical, material, natural selves. Um, this comes into play just a couple other things in addition. We talk about it even in our modern colloquial in a similar vein. Um, how many of you have ever had the wind knocked out of you? And does that mean literally there was wind inside of you when it got knocked out? It's a colloquial to talk about, you know, of course, being uh, having the wind knocked out of you. We talk about however the spirit moves. You could feel the spirit. You're in good spirits, which means you're in a good mood or a good attitude. Um, You have a spirit of adventure, uh, which is more like um, kind of a crazy personality trait or something like that. Um, And then, of course, we, in uh, philosophical circles and sociological circles, we'll talk about the zeitgeist or the spirit of the age. So I want to ask the question, what is the spirit? And then my confession to you. I have no idea. I haven't a clue. I've been thinking and pondering and studying this. This is one of the things that you study when you're in Bible college and seminary. And I just want to tell you, I have no clue. And the further and further I got into this, and the further and further I kept thinking about, and the further and further I kept studying and looking up passages, I'm like, this gets more and more diverse and more and more complex, and more and more spread. It's just amazing the differences of expressions. And my confession to you is also not that I don't know, although that's true. My confession is this. I'm really excited that I don't know. Let me say that again. I don't have a clue what this is, and that excites me. Because when you come to this place where you don't have it in this capsule where you you know that you know that you know, remember that talk a couple days ago? This is now where we're like, okay, I'm along for a ride and an adventure and a a discovery that is coming, that's part of the spiritual journey, that's part of this faith walk, and it's going to be exciting to kind of, oh, the Spirit's moving in that way, or the Spirit is there, and that to me is exciting, So tonight, what I want to do is just offer you a couple thoughts, and then we'll leave it to the community to continue the discussion. Three things. Mystery, life, and fruit. Mystery, life, and fruit. Again, these are not conclusive ideas. These are not the absolute ways in which I'm thinking about. These are just, I had to sum it up. So here's how I'm summing it up. Mystery, life, and fruit. John 3, verses 5 through 8, reads this. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What? I don't think I know exactly what you're talking about. Because the analogy there is the wind. You do not know where it's coming from. You do not know where it's going. And in fact, the spirit in that analogy is not necessarily a thing. It's the movement of things. The spirit is not a thing in that passage as best as I understand it. It's the movement of things. The Spirit isn't the air in that passage. The Spirit is the movement of that air. And so in some ways, it's it's elusive. It's the things—again, I'm kind of at a loss for words. It's this thing that moves in and out. And there are those of us in this room who have been born of the Spirit, but we maybe don't fully understand exactly what that thing is, but we feel— moved. We feel that something within us has shifted. We feel that something within us has taken a step in a direction. So maybe it's not us, but it's something that has moved us. And so if that's the case, one, a couple things that I would like to encourage us to do is if it's the movement of the wind and the air, and the wind goes where it pleases, and we don't know, we can't understand where it goes and where it doesn't go, because that's the nature of wind— I would like to encourage us to be careful to limit or to put too many boundaries around the movement of the Spirit. If the wind goes where it pleases, then who are we to say where it can or cannot go? I hear a lot of discussion and a lot of conversation between denominations of what is and what is not permissible. Really, the wind goes and it goes where it pleases and where it goes we do not know and, and so it is with people who are born Of the Spirit. So I want to be very, very cautious. Again, because I don't know, I want to be very cautious not to limit the movement of the Spirit. I also want to be cautious not to own the movement of the Spirit, as if now my movement or my way has now become the expression of what I mean when I say Spirit. And I want to restrain myself to manipulate the movement of the Spirit. I want to avoid all of those things. If the Spirit is about a movement of things that something has moved in us and the analogy being the movement of air or the wind then i want to be very very cautious not to limit it uh, not to own it as if it's mine and not to restrain the movement because the spirit can move in ways that i maybe have never experienced in ways that are fresh and fresh and new so that's one this is truly a mystery and so if you don't understand it, rock on. Neither do I. I have no clue, but something has moved throughout time, throughout space, throughout each and every one of us. And all I, I hear people say, I was moved by that. Yeah, maybe it's not the thing, it's the movement of things. Number two, the Spirit is life. I would like to suggest. Now the earth was a formless was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And that opening passage in Genesis talks about when the spirit is there out of that chaos life emerges. And in Job this amazing passage Job 34 he says if he should take back his spirit to himself and gather to himself his breath all flesh would perish together and all mortals return to dust. If God were to remove his spirit, we would all return to dust. In fact, the only reason why any of us can be alive and have breath and the reason why we are here today, why you got up in the morning, is because God gave his breath. And so where we find the spirit, we find life. We find flourishing. We find chaos turning to order. We find dysfunction turning to purpose. We find depression and purposelessness turning to meaning. Where the spirit is, there is life. And some beautiful poetic ways of thinking about this is what happens the very first thing that you do when you are born? is you breathe in that air. That's the picture and the analogy of what the spirit is. When you breathe in air, you are breathing in life. And the scriptures talk about that breath, that wind, that spirit being life. And what's the thing that you stop doing when you die? You stop breathing. So there's something very beautiful and poetic um, and spiritual if i may may say in that analogy in that picture that god is giving us every single second of the day the spirit and of life so let's do this stop for a moment and take a deep breath just did you feel the spirit And everyone on this planet, everyone who breathes in the breath of life, according to these passages, that is the evidence of God's spirit, his wind, his breath, and his presence. He is there. And we are sustained by his breath and his spirit. Psalm 31, at the very End of your rope, when you have had enough, when you're giving up, when you're about ready to quit it all. The psalmist says, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, the beautiful definition of that word, is it spirit? Is it breath? Is it wind? Into your hands I commit my breath. Into your hands I commit the air that I am breathing. What you could do all sorts of fun things with that. It's all of that in the same phrase, which is exactly what Jesus says at the very end of his life. I am giving up my breath. To give up your breath, to give up your spirit, is to give up your life. Matthew 27, then Jesus breathed his last. Some of your Bible translations will say, yielded his spirit. So I'm going to suggest some of my thoughts. Number one, the spirit is very mysterious, and it comes and it goes as it pleases. Number two, it is life. And it's all around us, and you and I are breathing in the Spirit of God every single day. Third, it is fruit. Christopher Wright, in his book, uh, Knowing the Holy Spirit Through the Old Testament, says this, God in the Hebrew world of thought and worship is not distant and remote from the natural world. On the contrary, God is actively present in sustaining everything that lives and breathes on his planet. And it is precisely through his Spirit that he does this. Now, what do I mean when I say fruit? It is so easy for us as people of faith to start thinking about a world or an existence or an expression or an experience that is separate from this world. And if you've been around Danielle and I long enough, you've heard us talk frequently about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven coming down here to earth, that the fullness of God's expression, the fullness of faith is experienced right here, right now. And I would say the same thing, therefore, is with the Spirit. So if we think about the spiritual only as something that is out there or something that is separate or something that is distant or something that you have to work towards to get outside of or above or escape from this physical, natural, present world, we may be missing something very beautiful about the Spirit. And a lot of Christian theology, a lot of Christian teaching has this very subtly woven in. That the whole point and idea is to get out of here. To be in touch with the Spirit is to experience something far distant from what this world experiences. But I would like to suggest that there's fruit that is born and experienced tangibly between each and every one of us. What are those fruits? Some of you can name them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control. When you exhibit patience with somebody else, (laughs) that is something that you experience right here and right now. When you experience gentleness and self-control, that is something that you experience right now. And when you see these things, the scriptures talk about how this is evidence. That's the Spirit. There it goes. When somebody's exhibiting those things, there it is. That's the Spirit. The Spirit's moving right there. I can see it in the tangible expression of life and of faith. One of the beautiful ways of thinking about this passage from Galatians chapter five is, how many of you have prayed or worked hard for more love or for more joy or for more patience in your life? How many of you have striven hard for these things? Well, guess what? You're striving for the wrong things. Those aren't things that you have to strive for. Those are results of the Spirit. So I'm going to challenge you and encourage you, including myself, don't ask for more patience. Don't ask God to give you patience. I know we do that all the time. I apologize. I I should say, it's okay if you ask God for patience. What I would suggest is seek being filled with the Spirit, with the wind, with the breath, and the life, and the mysterious presence of God. Seek that. And as a result, you will see these things come to fruition. That is what I would suggest, is what um, another expression of the Spirit is for us. We need to see that. But if you don't see patience or kindness or goodness in yourself or in somebody else, that's just simply we or they and all of us haven't really filled ourselves, worked hard, striven more, opened ourselves more to allowing the Spirit to infill us with fullness of life. Danielle mentioned this beautiful image and picture to me as we were talking about this. Um, one of the expressions that we talk about in Christianity is speaking in multiple tongues or multiple languages, and that is evidence of the Spirit. Well, I don't want to talk about that, or don't want to downplay any of that, or get into the discussion of that, but one of the beautiful pictures that you see there is what happens at the very beginning in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 11, where the Tower of Babel is being built, and the people are coming together, and all together as one language, they were unified. What happens? God comes down, scatters them by confusing their languages, and they go off into spreading off all into all parts of the world. Well, maybe the whole point then of God giving his spirit and people are now starting to speak in other languages is not that they speak in other languages, but that now the fullness of what God has done at the very beginning, people and nations are now able to come together again. The very division and brokenness of this world that was set apart in Genesis 11 as a result of the Spirit, means that people are now coming together. The point was not to be filled with the Spirit, per se. The point was that there was something very real and tangible that was happening, and that was the people coming together again, to be able to experience and understand the fullness of this message that the early believers, the early Christians, were proclaiming. That, to me, is beautiful. And that expression of the Spirit means there's something very, very real and very, very tangible here. So, I'm going to suggest to you that the Spirit is mystery, it's life, it's fruit. And it's all as a result of this beautiful analogy that we don't know where it comes from, and we don't know where it goes. And we can't see it. But we can only see where it's been, And we can see its results. And it's very mysterious. And it brings life. And we can experience very real, tangible results of that spirit in and through all of us. Reminder, this is not the definition of the spirit. These are just my thoughts. And now we have a whole bunch of Bible study to do. Now, as we close, guess what we have for you? We have a song. (laughs) And Taylor's going to go down the aisles for me and pass these out. And now you all have the Spirit. (laughs) I am now anointing you all with the Spirit. And if you ever leave this behind... (laughs) We would uh, encourage you to, I don't know, make a label if you want to put on it. Um, put it in your, I, I don't know, instead of putting a flower in your Volkswagen Beetle, you know, put a, put a little pinwheel in there or something. Uh, put it in your home, put it in your office. You can do whatever it is that you want with it. But as you hand these out, again, as an expression, hopefully it'll work on this, yeah, it works on these small little ones. Um, My hope in my prayer, and this is obviously a fun little thing, my hope in my prayer is that um, if it ministers to you, if it's of service to you, as you see this blow, maybe you're outside or you're in your car or you put it out of your window, your bedroom window, wherever you want, when you see this blow, again, because we can't see the wind, you are reminded, you are reminded that the Spirit is actually alive and moving and present. You're reminded, oh yeah, There it goes. And as I breathe in, the Spirit is moving here. And as my community and my friends breathe in and breathe out and experience love and joy and peace and patience, oh, the Spirit is moving there. As I see kindness and Self-control move forward. As I see people come together, as I see, and we see, we didn't even have a chance to get into Acts chapter 2 and the fullness of what happens there because people are selling things that they have, giving to those who have need. They are together praying, encouraging, eating together. All of those expressions of the Spirit, as that begins to happen, as you see those things, you can say, yeah, there, there it is. That's the Spirit moving. And you can be reminded that all around you every day, every second of every day, God's presence and his life in the Spirit is with you and with us. And maybe that's what we talk about when we talk about the Spirit. You guys can keep passing those around. God, thank you for this evening, and thank you for your presence, and thank you for being such a wild, crazy, mysterious God. Thank you for uh, for um, granting us an amazing journey of discovering more of who you are every single day. I pray, God, that as we um, commune together, as we continue to grow together and learn together, God, may we be open more and more to receiving more of your Spirit. May we be more attuned to the presence of your Spirit. May we recognize and honor you more for the very life and breath that we breathe. And may we be reminded every single day that as the wind blows and as we all take breaths to breathe, that is a reminder and evidence that you are alive and active and working and moving in mysterious, wonderful, beautiful ways. And may that challenge us, transform us, and cause real, tangible fruit real life expressions to be born in this world, in our lives and in our community. We pray in your name. Amen.